Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome back to Driving Theology. As you may well know, my name is Mike, and uh, you are joining me on my little jaunt to work today. It is June something something, maybe June 21st. It sounds about right. Sorry, I'm having to maneuver my car out of my parking space a little more than usual. So this week was uh, Father's Day. Uh, I hope uh, those of you who are fathers had a good day and enjoyed it. But I have to say, you know, I've been a father now going on my 30th year. Man, I've been a father for 30 years. That's crazy. So I've been a father more than half my life. I suppose you could say it's kind of what I know. Of course, your formative years are, you know, um, really who make you who you are, they say. But uh, be that as it may, I have been a father now for quite a little while. Today's, uh, sorry, uh, June 22nd, not 21st. June 22nd. So I guess it's the official first day of summer somewhere in the world today. Oh, I'm sweating like crazy. It's. We're in the middle of the rainy season here. It's very humid, but it's sunny today, which is nice. Um, temperature somewhere around 22 degrees Celsius. It's my first day wearing shorts to work. <laughs> so, you know, blind some people, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a good weekend last week, so Father's Day. Father's Day was uh, on the 19th, I think. Yeah, 19th, which was Sunday. It's always Sunday. Wow, looks like we're driving into some rain, maybe. Uh, and two of my buddies, Patrick, who I've talked about quite a bit and, and, and talked with, and Cam, uh, Patrick's been on the show, and then Cam, another guy you've probably heard his name, the three of us went off for a camping trip. And, actually a mountain climbing trip uh, but we did spend one night but it wasn't camping uh, the only thing that was camping was we brought a stove and made a uh, fresh coffee here and there <laughs> but other than that we didn't have to bring our bedding we stayed indoors uh, we, were, we were quite comfortable um, it was sort of an old hotel in the middle of these mountains I may have talked about this before because I've done this I've done this trek since I've been on this podcast one time before, if that makes any sense at all. I said that weird. Anyway, uh, so we went again, and Pat and Cam are planning on taking some students uh, on this trek coming up in, I think, September. So we were just kind of, you know, scouting and uh, brainstorming and trying to figure out what would be best for the kids, but... It's a really difficult hike, so there are basically four peaks all above 1,800 meters, which is right around 6,500 feet, I think. Which, you know, if you're in the States, it's not, it's not terribly high. Uh, but what makes it high for us is that basically we all live at sea level or very close to it. Um, and then, you know, so going up that high is actually it's a pretty significant um, change. 
Um, and it's about two-thirds as tall as the highest mountain in Japan. So it's not low, and Japan's mountains aren't terribly high. Uh, but it's a, it's a really nice place. It's doable for almost everybody as far as lung capacity. It's not, you know, the air is not terribly thin at that altitude. I used to live at that altitude um, when I lived in New Mexico when I was in junior high and high school. Um, so we climb mountains from that altitude up, and that, you know, that is a big difference. But for us now, uh, who live at sea level more or less, within sight of the ocean, it's, it's a pretty big, pretty big deal. So we uh, set off the first day, and we, we trekked up uh, three pretty good peaks that first day. And then we uh, trekked track down into a valley uh, and found this, uh, well, stayed, we had reservations at this little, uh, you could call it a hotel, but it's more like a mountain shack. Um, it's pretty primitive. Uh, they have a small staff down there, but it, this place is not accessible by roads. Uh, the only way it gets supplies in and out uh, is uh, through helicopter drops. And, and so you have to hike into this place, and it's a pretty rugged hike. Um, lots of up and down, lots of uh, loose rock and, and uh, stepping up rocks and, you know, sliding down, whatever, lots of mud. Yeah, normal mountain climbing type stuff. Um, so we stayed there and, and they have a natural uh, hot spring. So hot springs are really a really big deal in Japan, mostly because it's the Pacific Rim and, and there's, you know, naturally hot water available. Um, you know, thousand, thousand meters below the surface or more usually. So they drill down and are able to access this water and this, this very, very hot water, uh, has mineral properties, which are good for you, they say, right? And different baths uh, have different, uh, claim to be good for different ailments and things like this. Uh, so we were able to, after hiking all day, and it was about a seven-hour hike, um, pretty grueling for me. I'm, I'm probably the heaviest I've ever, I'm, no, I'm definitely the heaviest I've ever been in my life and maybe the worst shape. Um, I don't know if I'm the worst shape, but definitely the heaviest. If I was the worst shape, I think I would have pulled some muscles and stuff, which I didn't, which is good. I've been fairly active the last couple years, but anyway... My point is, it was pretty tough. So when you get to the zone sen, it's just, it's been hell to get there. I mean, there, there, there are nice things about it. There are nice views and, and you know, you, you feel accomplished when you get to the top of a peak and things like this. And those are great. But basically the journey is hell. But when you get to this little, little hotel that has this, you know, hot bath waiting for you uh, and it's outside and, and you can... You can, you know, look over the sunset while you're soaking in this, these beautiful mineral baths. Uh, it's just like heaven. So, you know, basically you go from uh, hell right into heaven. And then they provide hot meals and, a, you know, a bed, a place to stretch your legs and lay down. And, and you know, it's just, just a wonderful thing, you know. And the thing is, you know, we experienced all that heaven and hell all in one day. Um, and we purposely went into hell 
so that we could find heaven. I, I don't, there's probably a lesson there somewhere. I, I don't know. I don't know what it would be, uh, but I think there are people who um, experience difficult things so that they can have that. One of, one of the things they can have is the adrenaline rush, and the other thing is just the the, the immense joy you get when it's over. <laughs> that sounds that sounds a little bit uh, cynical, I suppose, uh, but you know that I've talked about this before. That's that's just how life is these days. You know, last last week we talked about I think it was last week. I don't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago, but I talked about the the whole. Um, the whole process of doing dangerous things so that we can grow and mature uh, and be ready for the hard times that come. And I think uh, mountain climbing is one of the ways that people today in this world do that. You know, they, they realize that, hey, something may be around the corner, something hard may come along, and I want to be prepared for it. And, and I don't think many of us have that we're not aware that, that that's what our thought process, process is. But maybe that's why, you know, extreme sports do the th extreme sports people do the things that they do. Um, Paul kind of talked about buffeting his body daily, right? He buffets his bo body uh, to, to discipline it, right? He disciplines his body. Uh, and maybe this is one way that we, we do that in, in today's modern pampered society is is uh, we invent ways to kind of safely punish ourselves or discipline our bodies or whatever you want to call it uh, so that we can you know be ready for some hard times that may or may not be around the corner uh, yeah so we did that this week, which was, was great. Um, we had great weather. We got a little sunburned, but that's about it. It wasn't wasn't super hot. We didn't get rained on. It was a little breezy, which kept us cool. But man, getting to that hotel was just one of the best things ever. You know, when you finally get there, after all the pain, and you know, by this point, your your legs are more than tired your especially your your thigh muscles right from from the up and the down uh, really um, really get some some wear on them uh, and you're you know at my age my knee joints are hurting a little bit and you've got a pack on your back and you know we carried two to three liters of, of drinks uh, with us uh, that weight has been there all day for seven hours and, and whatever else you've got in your pack, change of clothes and all the little things you bring, the, the just-in-case items, the you know book of matches or the little piece of rope or whatever. So, yeah, it, it's, it's a wonderful feeling to finally get relief. And it doesn't matter that, you know, you, you realize the next morning you've got to get up and hike out of there. It really... That really doesn't change much. You're just so glad. And you're so in the moment at that point, right? You're just in the moment. You're just going to rest, you know. And when you're when you're out there hiking, all the cares of the world kind of fall away. 
right? All of the, all of the things about the future and all of the things about the past uh, that nag you, you, you just stop thinking about because you are, you're in the moment. You're trying to, you know, make sure that uh, your foot makes it to the next thing. You're, you're worried about, you know, um, am I hydrated enough? Uh, am I pushing myself too fast? Am I going too slow? Uh, you know, all of these things kind of figure into uh, figure into what you're doing, uh, and you just don't have the time or the capacity to worry about stuff. And if you're worrying, it's more about things that are right there in front of you, right there, right? Do do I have do I have what it takes to make it today, right? Am I going to make it to the end on time? Uh, things like that. Um, but you realize after a while that the only way to, to really worry about that is to worry about nothing but the next step. You know, okay, I'm just going to take this step. Okay, I can do one more step. Well, I did that one. I can do one more. You know, and you just, you kind of think in those terms. And sure, you, you, you reach your limit many times on the mountain. You have to stop and catch your breath and stretch your legs and, and you know, uh, maybe get a little bite of uh, high-calorie bar or something like that um, you do reach your limit uh, and you have to rest but you know you you gain confidence in the fact that you were able to to do it you know I was really worried this time and I, I tossed and turned the whole morning before uh, the whole night before I went on this hike uh, and was wondering if I should just cancel I didn't want to hold the other guys back and I was worried but you know, they had encouraged me all week, and they were with me, and I knew they were good friends. I knew they did, that, that they would be there for me. And it turned out to be just fine, I think. Uh, I was the slowest of the three, no question. <laughs> but, but, you know, now that this week, you know, has come, and I've passed that obstacle, I realize that there's more in me than I thought. And I got a horrible night's sleep before this seven-hour hike. I did not sleep well, and I knew I was not in great shape. Uh, and all that to say that I was able to do more than I thought I could. And I think this is this is one of the great reasons why why people should do things like this, right? We should all um, we should all know that we have more in the tank than we thought we did. You know, it's a it's a good thing to know. It's a good place to be, right? Um, to realize that that hey, I'm I'm stronger than I thought I was, and I think that's part of being human. Uh, part of part of the magic that that humans are, right? The amazing creatures that we are is that we we are able to overcome with our minds. Uh, for example, through confidence, through planning, uh, you know, whatever, maybe, maybe through lying to ourselves. But anyway, some, anyway, some, somehow our minds are able to overcome what seems to be um, matter or what seems to be truth or what seems to be uh, the status of our bodies or, you know, the limits the limits of, of what we can do and what we can't do, right? Um, 
we are overcomers. I, I think I think that's perhaps one of the best definitions of human. We are overcomers. We overcome. That's what we do. That's what we've always done. Uh, when faced with obstacles, uh, we we generally have come together and solved problems and and gotten over our obstacles. Uh, you know, presumably at one time we were the weakest, some of the weakest, well, we are the weakest primates as far as bodily strength that exists on Earth today, you know, from the all of the great apes, and, you know, probably all animals on Earth, I bet we are the weakest as far as um, being able to lift our own body weight or, or something like that, right? We're probably weaker than any other living creatures on Earth uh, per body weight. I could be wrong. I don't know. I guess we'd find out. Uh, I know ants. Ants are incredibly strong. Uh, primates, gorillas, chimpanzees, incredibly strong. Um, so, yeah, we, we are not strong as far as brute strength compared to other living creatures. But somehow we've survived all this time. We've survived in competition with, with the other creatures and, and with nature itself, right? We, we don't even have hair, not, not enough hair we don't have to have clothes right but at some point we we realized and we learned how to make clothes to make up for that uh, that weakness right and so humans have made up for for their weaknesses uh, in incredibly creative ways like right now you know we're not fast uh, but we created cars and cars are fast so we found a way to be fast um, Yeah, we don't have the strongest bite, right? We don't have the strongest jaws. Uh, but we've figured out how to make soft food. You know, we've, we've compensated for that weakness. Uh, we can't live very long without water, right? Uh, but we've found ways to get water to where we are and to, where, to all the places where we will be in a day. You know, we, we can't fly here and there. Our bodies are not able to fly, but we created airplanes and helicopters, rockets, uh, and balloons, and all kinds of things that can fly, right? We figured that out. Uh, we figured out speed and distance, and, you know, we don't swim very well, but man, we can make great boats. I mean, the story of, of humanity is... is overcome, right? Overcome our weaknesses uh, and and overcome problems that we've faced. You know, when we're faced with drought, famine, we, we you know, figure out irrigation. We figure out uh, how to um, mutate and breed crops so that our yield will be greater. We figure out how to store food uh, in the autumn so that we can eat in the winter. Um, we, we've, we are 
that's what we are. I mean, that's what humans are, overcomers. We, we see our weaknesses and we decide to uh, take care of them. Hmm. Interesting. But you know, in the context, in, the, in our context today, in this world, in the life that we live, we are in a very controlled environment. You know, right now I'm driving in my car, it's, it's warm outside, but I've got an air conditioner, so I'm completely comfortable in here. Uh, I can control the temperature. Um, the roads that, I'm, that I am driving on, right, we have created laws and rules so that it's very safe for us to drive with a bunch of other cars on the road. Everybody obeys the rules, everybody stays on the right side of the road, more or less. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we let everybody know if we're turning right, if we're turning left, or we're stopping. And we've come up with rules uh, and training to keep people safe, right? To make sure that we can, uh, we can do things safely. So the world has become incredibly safe. Uh, and so when we are born into this world, we don't, a lot of us, I think, lose that overcoming capability because we've no, never known hardship. We've never known um, want, for want of a better word. Uh, We've never gone without, you know, many of us have never missed a meal, uh, much less not eaten for two weeks. Uh, we, we have water available, right? We can, we can shower four or five times a day if we want to, right? We, we can go get food almost anytime we want. We, we've figured all that stuff out and to be born into this world now uh, it, it can, it can make you very soft, right? Um, I'm a little bit older. That means I have a little bit longer perspective, but still the world I was born into was, was way easier than the world my grandparents were born into. And then, you know, their grandparents were born into a world that basically every day was camping. You know, um, you go back, hundred years uh, in the places where I'm from and you know basically people were camping every day that's what they did uh, that was just their life they didn't call it camping they called it living and they like it much better today than they liked it then right they they like the modern conveniences uh, it just makes life that much easier and I think it brings more joy into life to have those things taken care of uh, but it doesn't prepare you, right? In, in a lot of ways, it doesn't do you any favors. There are still lots of things uh, that, that can come in life that can lay you low. And I know I've talked about these things in, uh, for a couple weeks now. Um, but I think it's really important. And I think there are some great ways uh, that you can start preparing. And I, you know, I, we've talked about the physical things and last week I talked about it too and I think because I climbed a mountain this week it's still it's still fresh on my mind and so I'm just gonna 
say it again, I think there are spiritual ways uh, that you can prepare yourself. And that is, ask the hard questions and, and look for the hard questions that are being asked, right? About spirituality, about the nature of God, about Bible and the theories of inerrancy and infallibility. Talk to people who are asking these hard questions. Listen to them. Really listen. Uh, and and I, and I think um, I think it's good to have an open mind about these things. I know it's it sounds dangerous, right? And we talk about slippery slope and what if somebody loses their faith and. My, my, my point is, if a hard question makes you lose your faith, you didn't have any faith to begin with. And it's still better to know that than to not know that. And I think you can move on from there. Now, I pray and I hope that you have some strong uh, people who, who can help you navigate some of this. But by and large, the only way to navigate the hard questions uh, is by yourself. You know, you're going to have to come to conclusions that work for you, right? Um, that, that you have struggled with. No answers that anyone else has come up with are going to satisfy you in the long run. They may be a band-aid, but they're not going to heal the wound. Uh, the hard questions are there um, in a way to prepare you to, to solidify your faith, not to take it away. And again, if they take your faith away, you didn't have any to begin with. Okay? Um, or at least it wasn't strong. <clears throat> so, yeah, the, the difficult questions, like, you know, why does God seem to not love his enemies while Jesus is telling us to love our enemies? Right? What is it, why does it seem like God doesn't love his enemies in the Old Testament, and yet Jesus commands us to love our enemies? Um, why, why does science and fundamental Christianity seem to tell such a different story? Um, is it okay not to believe in a young earth? Is it okay to have a hard time believing that Jesus was born of a virgin? That's a hard question. Is it okay to, to struggle with uh, the, the concept that uh, Jesus actually raised from the dead after three days? And what about hell, right? If God loves his enemies, why would he create hell? That doesn't make sense. If Satan is God's enemy, then then God loves Satan, and then he's not he's going to forgive Satan, right? If God commands us to love our enemies, then He must do the same, right? I mean, these are all great questions, uh, and what makes these questions difficult um, is that 
we've many of us have been programmed in a certain evangelical um, slash Baptist slash uh, slash fundamental way of of looking at the Bible uh, that makes all of these questions incredibly uncomfortable. Um, but facing these questions, uh, and, and, and until you face these questions, you, you really don't have any faith to speak of, I don't think. Now, I pray that, you know, that all of you guys uh, are taught good theology, good, good grounded, strong uh, theology, uh, and that that will help you understand the questions better uh, that, that they will help you um, safely navigate through the questions that 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 you are grounded uh, I should say instead of theology I would say Christology right grounded in Christ grounded in the person of Jesus uh, the person who we find Jesus to be in the Gospels and who we find Christ to be today right the anointed one the chosen one uh, of course, being ground, of course, being grounded in Him will help you navigate all of these difficult questions better. Um, and if if you can't say that maybe you're grounded well in Jesus, well, that that's great. That gives you a great place to start, right? That gives you a, a good um, starting place. Uh, and so, get back to the Gospels. Read about Jesus. Read about who He was read about who he loved, really uh, consume his life, if you will, uh, and realize that, that yes, that, you know, who he is doesn't look very much like who God was in the Old Testament, right? <laughs> That's another big question. Why does, why did God change? Why does it seem that God changed? Uh, and that's a big question because, you know, one of the tenets of the Bible is that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? God doesn't change. That's that's what, something that that Bible says, but it seems like God changed. So uh, if God doesn't change, and yet it's the Bible says he changed, um, is it God who is lying or is it the Bible that is mistaken? This goes back to how you think of Scripture. Anyway, uh, not to go too too deeply into that. I've uh, yeah, I've I've explored all that many times over. Uh, don't really need to go into it too deeply uh, again right now. Anyway, I only have about five minutes until I get to my place. Uh, but hey, I I hope that you will um, first of all, you know, find ways to engage your body in some challenging things. You know, if you're like me and you're 53 years old and overweight, uh, uh, you know, you you may this may be your last window of time to get out there and really push yourself. I hope not, you know, 
I think I, I think there's always you can always do something, right? As long as you can move, you can do something. You don't have to do what we did and you know do a seven-hour hike in a day. Um, but there are things you can do. You know, you can uh, work up to that. You can do other things. So yeah, um, just want to say that uh, it was a good trip. Appreciate you, Cam and Pat, uh, for uh, waiting up for me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I hope that uh, I hope that you find fruitful and constructive ways to challenge your faith, uh, to discipline your faith, uh, so that your faith uh, can grow, uh, and so that I believe. Christ can work more effectively in your life for the benefit of you and for the benefit of all those around you. Uh, part of, part of, you know, that heaven after hell thing is supposed to be Christians bringing the reality of heaven into earth. You know, we are supposed to be that relief at the end of the struggle. We are supposed to be bringing people into that relief uh, at the end of the hell that they've been through in life. And life is hell at times, right? Hell, hell is something that we encounter in life. Um, we we are we succumb to despair. You know, we are brought low at times. Uh, all kinds of things happen. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I was just thinking about my friend who's having a hard time. Keith, uh, yeah. I'm sorry for you, Keith. Yeah, I just found out this morning what's going on with him. Uh, Keith, Keith and his wife, uh, and his son have been through some really difficult times in the last couple of years. Uh, they they have been uh, in a kind of hell, uh, I have to say. Um, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. And when, you know, just when they think there's, they see light at the end of the tunnel, uh, the tunnel just gets longer. Um, yeah. They're going through some trials. And their faith is being tested. Right? Their faith is being tested. Um, now, no, I don't believe their faith is being tested by God. I don't. I don't think of God in that way. Uh, I think God only wants to bring life, and He only wants to alleviate pain and suffering. Um, God is not creating the suffering, uh, nor is He allowing it. He's doing everything He can uh, to alleviate their suffering. So, yeah, figuring out that's one of the hard questions about God as well, right? Why does it seem that God doesn't act when he's needed the most? Uh, that's another difficult question you need to ask. Um, 
yeah, I'm not going to give you my answer, <laughs> the answer that, that I've come up with over the years. Uh, not today, I've given you that before, I think. Um, if you want to talk about it, I'm always open and, you know, you can message me or whatever. Um, so I'm going to wrap it up right here. I'm kind of getting off track. Um, but, yeah, go climb a mountain. Go climb a mountain and then contemplate one of those difficult questions, which is also climbing a mountain. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's just as hard sometimes, spiritually speaking. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Bye.